Welcome to the Ignite Your Power podcast. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Joyce Lynn Lewis. The Ignite Your Power podcast will be offering you soul-filled content that will help you clarify your purpose, overcome your obstacles, declare your wins, embrace your uniqueness, and strengthen your resilience. In today's episode, we will be having a power-filled conversation with the Courageous Voice Coach, Dr. Michelle R. Wells. She is the founder and CEO of Courageous Voice Academy, a program that assists professional women to develop a life plan, find their voice, and gain the confidence to pursue leadership, not only to lead in their career, but to take the lead in their life. Dr. Wells is a tenured professor who has served for 20 years in higher education. Dr. Wells has been a program director for accredited social work programs at both the bachelor and master's level. She has a master of social work and a PhD in organizational leadership. Dr. Wells is the mother of four and Nana to seven. She has authored a devotional journal, My Ramblings in the Silence, and is currently writing her newest book, Bold Voice, which teaches women how to communicate in courageous ways and empowers them to lead in their life. It's time to be ignited with the Courageous Voice Coach, Dr. Michelle R. Wells. Be ignited. Thank you for listening. Today, we have Dr. Michelle Wells. She is going to be with us for a soulful conversation. And so we welcome you, Dr. Michelle uh, Wells, the Courageous Voice Coach. You know, I really resonate with that because um, this podcast is about holding space of the unheard. And so I really resonate uh, with you being the Courageous Voice Coach. One of the things that um, really has been impressed upon me is uh, it really relates to women who have been feeling rejected. You know, there are a lot of women out there who have gifts, they have talents, they have callings on their lives, and they are feeling rejected. And because of that, many of them are on the edge of maybe giving up on their purpose. Some may have actually already given up on their purpose and And some really just feel like they don't even have uh, purpose. And so I would really love for you to share a little bit about how uh, experiencing rejection has either hindered you or helped you move towards your purpose. Wow. Well, I, I can actually think of examples from the time that I was in elementary school to uh, through adulthood. And I'm just going to share one thing that that's stuck out to me when you asked me that question. Mm-hmm. I uh, am divorced and I've, I've married again. I've been married now for 13 years, but when I uh, was married the first time, I, I actually filed for the divorce, mm-hmm. but, um, during that time, my relationship with the Lord really began to deepen. Mm. And so I was very much committed to honoring God Mm. in that marriage. And so in wanting to honor him, I went back to my then husband and, you know, essentially said, 
we need, I want to work this out. I want us Mm -hmm. to work this out. And so I'd spoken with the attorney that I had uh, initially contacted and said, we're not going to do the divorce. Uh, We're going to work things out. And the attorney said to me, well, that's fine. You know, if, if we don't get the final payment, then it'll just be done and we won't do anything with it. And so in my mind, we were going, my husband, then husband, we were going to work it out. Mm. I, uh, and this was during the time that I was working on my master's degree. So I graduated with my master's degree. I went uh, back home. And during the time that I was working on my master's degree, I was living with my sister and she called me uh, this particular one particular day. And she said, I thought you and my ex-husband, I thought you guys were going to stay married. I thought you guys were going to work it out. And I was like, we are. And she said, well, your divorce papers came in the mail today. Mm. And I said, you know, I was just stunned. Well, essentially what had happened was my ex-husband, without saying anything to me, had gone to the attorney and told him, Mm. you know, let we want to, we want a divorce and we want Mm -hmm. this to go through. And so talk about feeling rejected. Uh, I really, and and not only rejected by him, but in, even in a sense, rejected by God, because mm-hmm. I was trying in my mind mm-hmm. to do what honored the Lord and it didn't work out the way I expected it to. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we do what we can or what we think we need to, to honor the Lord, mm-hmm. we expect it to work out the way we want it to work out. Mm-hmm. And we don't trust his plan. And so for those that feel rejected, trust his plan. Mm -hmm. He is working, whatever the situation is, he is working through the situation Mm -hmm. to make you better for him. Mm -hmm. He's working through the situation to get you to the ideal place and purpose, the assignment that he's called you to. And so even in the midst of the rejection, what feels like rejection even in the midst of that, we have to look beyond the situation that's around us in that moment. And we have to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so it was so then in the moment, it was so hurtful. And it was, I did a lot of questioning, but then now all these years later, I can see how God used that to get me to where I am now. And so rejection is a very temporary thing. We, we can sometimes make it more, uh, last longer than it has to, because Mm -hmm. we want it the way we want it. But at the end of the day, if we trust the Lord in it, he will use it to move us to our next. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I love, um, what you say around the whole idea of, you know, sometimes because we, you know, you're trying to follow God, you know, you're trying to make sure that your life is in line with God. And yet the thing that you were trying to line up didn't, didn't work out. And I think that that is, those are very pivotal points mm-hmm. for us. Right. Um, and those are those times when it seems like, like you say, not just rejected by your husband, but it's like, okay, God, I'm trying to do what you want me to do, yet it's not turning out the way I'm, 
I, my, you know, my expectation, what my expectations are, you know, that is so good because we really do, we have to trust that in the midst of it, like you said, that what Romans eight twenty eight says, all things are working together for our good. Was there any particular turning point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm moving forward. As I think about it now, I think even in that moment, Mm -hmm. I realized that I still had to keep moving. Mm. There was never a point where, even though I was experiencing that rejection, Mm. there was never a point that I didn't believe that I still had purpose, that I still was walking forward in what Mm -hmm. God wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more that we move forward, Mm-hmm. the stronger we become. Mm. The more that we move forward, the clearer the path becomes. Yeah, And it's a process. I mean, it's mm-hmm. always a process each and every day of our lives because of course mm-hmm. we'll never be perfected while we're on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. However, if we keep moving forward, things become clearer. Yeah. And I think that was that was just, you know, I had that moment, I even you know, had some days where I thought, wow. Uh, But I always knew that I had to keep going to my next. I had just finished my degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to move forward in the career path that God had set for me. I had a child. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I knew that I had to be there for him. I had to do the best that I could do for him Mm -hmm. um, in spite of this setback or what I saw as a setback. And so I think even in that moment, it was like, okay, um, this doesn't feel good. I don't like this, but it can't stop me. It can't Mm -hmm. stop me from what I need to do. And I'm so glad that it didn't. And the world is a better place. And so many lives are being changed because you persevered and you pressed Mm -hmm. through and obvious that it was your faith, you know, that no doubt that you were either, you know, in your word or in church, or even if it wasn't all the time, you had that in your heart that could help you to um, press through and to move forward. And I think that just like, you know, a lot of mothers, you know, our kids are our our motivators, aren't they? When we go through um, challenging situations, particularly rejection or anything else, we think about our kids and we say, look, we, we don't have time. I don't even have time to, right. <laughs> to stay in this too long. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, and so we, if, if we can't be motivated by anything else, we can look at those little faces absolutely, and say, you know, for them, I will continue. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that your um, child is a better person because mm-hmm. of your perseverance. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. You know, one of the um, things that I really wanted the listeners to get to know about you is about your purpose. And, you know, we've touched on it a little bit, but how would you describe your purpose? You know, when I thought about this question, I thought about the gifts um, that God has given me. And even though I didn't know it for a while, teaching is one of my gifts. I didn't know that really. Mm-hmm. until I started teaching. Um, but one of the gifts that I know that I have is encouragement. Uh, 
another gift that I know that I have is kind of a welcoming, a validating, um, have a validating spirit where I help people to feel like, feel their importance, feel, feel their value. So I know that those are gifts that I have. And I know that where God has set me uh, in higher education, but also in the coaching, that I am to use those gifts to build people up mm. so that they then can go and use the gifts that he's given them. Mm. And so many times I'll get, you know, I'll get an email from a student or even yesterday I had a friend of mine who said, when I first met you, you know, you made me feel welcome. You made me feel. And so that's just always a reminder and a confirmation from the Lord that the gifts that he's placed in me are being used to help build other people up. And so really my purpose is about building those that God has called me to. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about building those that I'm divinely connected to. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that we all are divinely connected to different people and we all reach different people um, in different ways. I know you've heard this before. You know, I can't reach everybody that you can reach and you Mm -hmm. can't reach everybody that I can reach. But if we all operate in the gifts and purpose and plan that God has for us, then his people will be reached. And so I believe that my purpose is to use those gifts that he's given me. And one of one of my gifts is a gift of faith that I can believe with you. I will believe with you to the end. Mm. <laughs> I will believe with you. But to use those gifts to let people know that they're valuable to the kingdom yeah. and that God has something for them and to encourage them to move forward um, in whatever um, he's calling them to do, whatever he's purposed for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will say that, you know, you and I met. Uh, I think our original, our initial meeting was through Equipping Lydia when we were mm-hmm. doing a um, a retreat and you served on a retreat team. And I can definitely attest, I say that you have also um, a peaceful presence. Um, Thank you. You know, when you show up and actually, you know, I, I, I talked with someone who, who, who met you and that is what they also said is like, oh my goodness, you just, she just carries this peaceful presence. And, you know, these days, honey, we need peace. Yes, we do. (laughs) And we need people who carry that peaceful presence. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I too was encouraged, you know, just by your, just the conversations that we had during that Mm -hmm. time. And um, there was a divine connection. So of the whole idea around gifts, because I think that people underestimate make these gifts, the, especially the spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. because those are the expression of God's love. That's how God expresses his love to the world, to mm-hmm. others. It's through our gifts. And um, many people think for some reason, you know, people think they don't have them, but mm-hmm. we all have them. We all have at least one, at mm-hmm. least one gift. And I believe that part of our purpose, as you have talked about, really is helping to call forth the gifts in others. Somebody's not being touched when we don't use our gifts. Yeah. Yeah. The ripple effect, right? You know, when when we use our gifts and someone else then recognizes their gifts and they use Mm -hmm. their gifts for for the people that they're supposed to touch, it's that ripple effect. Yeah. And I think that it is important, you know, uh, uh, that we 
be okay with um, confirming other people's gifts instead of competing with them, you know, and yes. that's, a, that's the reason why I, I, I'm trying to have these types of conversations so that we can move away from this whole competition and scarcity mindset, because this, this is a big old world and there's yeah. so much work to be done that we have to really begin to confirm in other people. Mm-hmm. When we someone else, um, whether it's a, even if it's a little spark, I think about my granddaughter, um, she's three years old and Mm -hmm. she sings, you know, right now her repertoire is let it go. And uh, most (laughs) of the frozen songs (laughs) Yes, is a singer. I mean, she sings everywhere all the time. And I believe that her little, her singing, she's joyful when she's singing. I'm mm. like, she could be a psalmist. And sometimes she sings loud, <laughs> but we don't want to squelch it. And I that's think right. that that's what the rejection has done for many women is it squelches the gifts, you know, yes. um, because we don't have enough people saying, oh my goodness, I see that in you. What do I need to do to help you? Yes. How can I support you in it, we have to support each other, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that the scarcity mindset is also hinders us because somewhere we've been taught or thought, we think that there's only room for one. And it's so unfortunate because especially women, Mm -hmm. we think, well, they're already doing that or, um, you know, they're doing it better than this comparison thing mm-hmm. it's it's so it's is rampant yes. <laughs> really among women and it, it should not be so if anything as you said we should be encouraging each other's gifts mm-hmm. and collaborating coming together yes. you know and yes. and using what we have individually and collectively to yes. encourage the body of Christ and you were talking about um back to the whole uh discussion of rejection sometimes our the rejection also comes from having been through some traumatic things yeah. and feeling a guilt or a shame or feeling mm-hmm. devalued and so we get to the point where because we've gotten so inundated with those feelings of shame mm-hmm. guilt that we don't recognize that even through the, even through the rejection, whatever that has been, even through the trauma, we still are created in the image of God. He still formed us in our mother's womb. We're still fearfully and wonderfully made. And so that means that there's still, there are giftings in us that God Mm -hmm. wants to use. And so we have to help one another to be healed from those things. We have to help one another to, to come out of that um, that mindset that, uh, those limiting beliefs, the yes. mindset that we are not good enough, mm. um, and that we have to recognize that whatever God has placed in us is more than enough, right. Mm-hmm. According to his words. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, and I love, uh, the idea around collaboration mm-hmm. because that's biblical, mm-hmm. you know, God didn't send anyone out by themselves. There, there was, he even just sent people out 
two by twos, you know, because he didn't want us to be alone. And because of the rejection, the feeling of being devalued and uh, worthlessness and the shame and guilt and some, because of that trauma, Hmm. some of the trauma that we have experienced, you know, even as women, Mm-hmm. Um, even particularly women of color, mm-hmm. it really does hinder us. And I, and that's why I do love, I love what Brene Brown says about being vulnerable. One, in order to really move beyond that, we have to be vulnerable with each other and we have to be trustworthy souls with each other. <laughs> you know, we got to right. be able to hold each other's secrets and their dreams and right. things like that. But we also have to, if nothing else, when we hear one another's stories, be empathetic. Brene Brown says that empathy shatters shame. You know, when someone just comes back and says, I understand, you know, I understand how you feel. I, I've been there, or maybe even if you haven't been there just to say, I understand. I hear you. I validate what you say. I mean, do you have anything else to share before I move forward? But Just one other thing that yeah. thought that came as you were saying that is that we cannot operate in isolation. Because when we're isolated, that gives the enemy free reign in our minds and in our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so we have to to have people in our lives that we can share with that people that will validate us, people that will encourage us. Mm -hmm. Um, We just can't operate in isolation. It doesn't work. That's why it's important to have a faith community, you know, or have people who um, you and I both would say definitely have people of faith who can encourage us in our faith. Uh, Can you share with us some of those obstacles and maybe, and how you've overcome them? I think one of the big, biggest obstacles was just the, the mindset that it couldn't be done. I I remember sharing with my oldest daughter that I thought there was no way that I would ever get a PhD. It was too scary. It was too big. Um, I wouldn't be able to write a dissertation. I wouldn't even know where to begin. You know, all of those thoughts. So, So I think a lot of the obstacles came in my own thinking. Certainly there are always, you know, sometimes there's financial obstacles. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's the negative people around you that say, you know, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to get the negative Nancy's out of your life for Come sure. <laughs> um, so, because that can be huge as it relates to how you think about yourself and what your beliefs is, what, where your beliefs then lies is your belief mm-hmm. at a place where you're like, yes, I can do this, or does the negative Nancy mentality come in and diminish your belief? Mm-hmm. So that mentality has to change. Um, and for me, as I said earlier, and I've, I've said this so often, and I think sometimes to myself, like it just should be more than that. Mm-hmm. But really, what it's always been is that mm-hmm. I just keep taking the steps. Mm-hmm. I just keep taking the steps. For example, when I when I changed um, universities, mm-hmm. and and I know it was a God thing. I know it was because when I went to the university where I ended up working on and getting my PhD, one of the stipulations for me going to that university was that I would work on my PhD. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that was a God thing because yeah. He knows I would have never done it. 
mm-hmm. because I didn't think I could. Yes. But once I started, just like the divorce happened and mm-hmm. I just knew I had to keep moving forward. It was yeah. the same thing. It was yeah. like, I've started. I've mm-hmm. just got to keep going. Yeah. And you talk about tears and late nights and, you know, all of that. But mm-hmm. in my mind, it was like, I've, I've got to keep going. I've started. I've got to keep going. And that's what got me to the finish line. And, and again, it really wasn't me. It was it was the Lord. When I think about obstacles, I really think about mindset. I really think about um, those those emotions mm-hmm. that we allow to overtake us. Yes. And because of those emotions, we become stagnant. We don't move. We don't mm-hmm. um, we don't press forward. Yeah. So that's what I see as obstacles. As a woman and high black woman in higher education, sometimes the obstacle can be systemic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And knowing that because you're a black woman, that that puts some thoughts or assumptions in people's mind mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you're not able to do this or that. Because Mm -hmm. certainly you wouldn't be smart enough or you wouldn't be, you know, whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. And so that can be an obstacle as well. Mm -hmm. Something that's not even, you know, not not something that you think, Mm -hmm. but what you know other people might be thinking. Yeah. And because what they might be thinking, what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. How are they going to react or respond to you because you are a black female in Mm -hmm. higher education. Mm -hmm. And I've always worked at primarily white institutions. And so for me, that was another layer. That was another obstacle that I had to overcome. And again, because I had an idea of what other people, and and I'm going to say might be thinking, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying they did think this, Mm -hmm. but because I had an, an idea of what other people might be thinking, and assumptions they might have, that then impacted how I thought about myself mm-hmm. and thought about what I could do or couldn't do because yeah. this, you know, other, this other mindset or this other obstacle of people's mm-hmm. bias and assumptions might be out there. So it's really, you know, at the end of the day, it really came down to and comes down to what I believe I can do. Yeah, the battlefield is in the mind. It really is. It is. And, you know, and, you know, when you are putting that emphasis on what you think people think, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we project whatever Mm -hmm. our thoughts are. And then sometimes we start preparing for responses. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So true. And 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 then we end up in this spiral of experience things to be rejected or we walk into a room and we expect for to not be heard and then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy those very thoughts that we have in our heads start to come to pass and that's where the whole idea of being a courageous voice coach came yes. from mm-hmm. because i found myself in rooms where other people i thought what other people might think about me mm-hmm. but i had to still had to be be bold enough to speak in those rooms. Yeah. I still had to allow myself to be heard 
in those rooms, regardless of what I thought other people might think about me. And so that's what I want for other women. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to speak up and demonstrate who you are in spite of what other people might be thinking in the room. Because at the end of the day, what they think about you does not determine your value. Right. It does not determine your worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you have to say is important. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so that that's where this whole idea of the, the courageous voice came yes. from. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Formations that you had that were confirming your purpose. I think the main confirmations came in being invited into bigger rooms. Mm. For example, um, being invited to speak to the board of directors on a particular Mm. issue or being invited to be a part of a leadership team. Um, Those were confirmations that speaking up and being heard were important. Mm-hmm. And not, it didn't make me, you know, it, it didn't make me any more important, but it, it let me know that what I had to say was valuable mm-hmm. because what I had to say was prompted by the Lord Yeah, uh, because it always goes back to him. And so I think that's been one of the biggest confirmations is being mm-hmm. invited into bigger rooms mm-hmm. uh, where I could speak. Um, yeah. And and even, you know, speaking, and I always say you have to do it scared, right? Exactly. Um, so sometimes, exactly. so sometimes you know, saying things that you like, oh, I'm not sure if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Right. Um, and it being well received. Mm-hmm. And, and that recently have to, happened to me. I was in a meet, invited to this meeting and uh, there were some of us on Zoom. There were some of us, some in the room. And so the ones of us on Zoom, we they kind of when when it's when it's Zoom and in the room, in the room usually gets more attention. Mm-hmm. So I kind of ha- I had my little you know virtual hand up, <laughs> and he never responded to my hand. The gentleman that was doing the uh, facilitation, and so I finally just kind of butt in mm-hmm. and spoke up, mm-hmm. and then said what I had to say. And when I did that, I got a couple of emails afterwards confirming that what I said was needed and valuable. Mm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. God knows how to confirm. Yeah. You know, when we follow his leading, he knows. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had experiences where maybe you didn't get that verbal feedback, those invitations? One of the ways that I've learned mm-hmm. that I'm hearing what I should be saying mm. is that I will think it, not say it, and somebody else will say the exact same thing because it's in the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's in the room. Um, And and I've I've given you the voice to speak it. And so um, I don't always, you know, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I don't, (laughs) you know, speak up and then Mm -hmm. I think, oh, I was going to say that or I was thinking that, you know, and (laughs) I didn't say it. Yes. Um, but that that's been confirmation to me that yeah. I want you to speak up when you're in the room. You know, I know as a courageous voice coach, you are probably very familiar with declaring your wins. Talk with us about how you declare your wins. 
Well, I'm actually in a, a group of women and we actually get to, we do that. We declare our wins. And, mm-hmm. and actually one of the wins that I declared last time was this, this opportunity mm. to be with you, mm. um, being, you know, moderating on clubhouse, doing mm-hmm. the masterclasses, not in a prideful way, but yeah. in a way that says, look at what God is doing, right? Yeah. Because I always want to glorify him mm-hmm. and whatever I get the opportunity to do. I think one of the important things to do is goal setting and not making the goal so big and so challenging that you can't achieve it, mm-hmm. but making it something that's very attainable for you. Because as we have success, we push towards more success and then declare the win, you know, as you go forward. Yeah. yeah. And that's where you need your cheerleaders. That's where you need your circle yes. of people that say, great job or encourage you keep going or I'm so glad that you were able to get that done what's next each and every one of us is unique even if we're doing very similar things yes God has for I mean our God is so amazing that (laughs) none of us have the same fingerprint right yes so we are all unique in some way we all bring something different to the table and we all reach people in different ways. And so we have to embrace our uniqueness Yes, instead of trying to compare to somebody else. Absolutely. And that's a great segue into that next question around Mm -hmm. how, how do you embrace your uniqueness? Thank you for saying about my being a peaceful presence, because one of the things that I think when I, of myself, that when I walk into a room, I do bring a joy. I bring a an encouragement. I bring a welcoming spirit. I think that that's very unique about me. Mm-hmm. I love that God put that in me, uh, yeah. that I love talking to people no matter who it is. And I can have a conversation with you around what you want to have a conversation about. Somebody might just need somebody to talk to that day. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, they needed that. Right. In that moment, they needed somebody to uh, be a bright light, be some joy in their life, be some Mm -hmm. peace in their life. I know that God's given me that. And I know Mm -hmm. that that makes me unique. Because those are invitations from the spirit. And when we start thinking on our own uniqueness, not for pride, Mm -hmm. but for preparation for Mm -hmm. those invitations, when he says go, we can say, "Uh, that's me. You know, we can say, here am I, Lord, send me that our our confidence is in him. It's not in ourselves. Yes, it's in him. And Mm -hmm. if we always take the attitude that the unique gifts that God has given me are the gifts that he has given me. Yes. And I operate in those gifts in the confidence in who he who he is in me. Yeah. Then we don't hesitate. You share some you know, ways that some practices that you have that especially help to strengthen your resilience? Really, my first thing in the morning is is getting up and and coming uh, to my office or sitting in my living room and reading the word. That's Mm -hmm. my first thing. And I may may be studying a book. I may, you know, just meditate on a passage, Mm -hmm. but that's the first thing I've got to do. And, um, the other thing is that my husband and I, we study particular passage or books together. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so just really dialoguing about the word. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, prayer. Um, Everything for me, everything is is founded on on prayer. The foundation of it is prayer. And so those things I don't go my day without doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the things that I start my day with. If it's going to be a particularly, you know, uh, quiet day, then, um, you know, I I enjoy that. But if I know that I have some major things coming up, um, I really try to set set my mind for those Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. like not psych myself out, you know, because sometimes people, we, we can get so caught up in how it might, (laughs) you know, how it might end up that we psych Mm -hmm. ourselves out, but not that, but just preparing for uh, how I want to enter the room. It's essentially how I want to, to represent Mm -hmm. how I want to show up in the room. But at the end of the day, for me, it is starting my day with Mm -hmm. the Lord Mm -hmm. and ending my day with the Lord. Last year, last January, I have had a devotional come out. Yes called my ramblings in the silence. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did when I was writing that was that I took time to meditate in the silence Mm. based on really practices that you, you taught me. And so I did this 21 day devotional around, and it was called my ramblings in the silence. And it was around whatever God spoke to me during that time. It was really, it's really a devotional journal because the devotions are really short, but the practice, mm-hmm. you know, of sitting in the silence and then um, reading the devotion. And then there's some prompting questions in there mm-hmm. and then writing what God is speaking to you. So just really spending time and abiding in the Lord mm-hmm. so that he can be present in every part of your day, yes. so that he can be present in every conversation, so that he can be present, you know, in every interaction that mm-hmm. you have. Um, so those are the things that help me to, you know, just keep being resilient and keep Mm -hmm. going. People are so uncomfortable with the silence. In so many ways, there's a craving for the silence. One end, they crave the silence, but they're avoiding the silence. But then when they enter into the silence, it's like, why haven't I, you know, we discovered that at our retreat. On that retreat team, people were like, why don't I do this more. Right. You know, and because it's in the silence that God's voice is. That's where mm-hmm. God's voice really is. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. speaking to us from the inside out. The still small voice, that's when yeah. it comes, you know, mm-hmm. when we're quiet and we get distracted with the noise. I mean, yes. the noise of life, the noise of the chaos that's around us. Um, yeah. But when we pull into that, there is a there's a quiet peacefulness mm-hmm. where yes. Holy Spirit speaks. Just a difference. It's a mm-hmm. difference when you go into your day with that, yeah. as opposed to running into your day and trying to handle things without the presence of the Lord with you. Can you tell our listeners where they can get that book? Oh, it's on Amazon and okay. it's called My Ramblings in the Silence. also love what you said about uh, preparing yourself for how you're going to show up in the room. And God will help you in that. 
using the uniqueness of who you are, Mm -hmm. using your giftings, Mm -hmm. he will help you to know how you, you know, you want to show up, but we've got to, we've got to connect with him. Mm -hmm. There's so many of us that don't recognize our gifts. We don't recognize what we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of allow the situation to dictate how we respond. We're reactive as opposed to proactive. Yeah. And God really wants us to prepare for where he's where he's taking us. He's directing us to those rooms and those places for a particular reason mm-hmm. to be there to represent him. This conversation has been such a joy and I have really enjoyed it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share before we conclude? I'm delighted to be able to just speak speak to women in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let you are valuable. You are valuable. You are worthy of whatever mm-hmm. God wants to bless you with. Mm-hmm. You have the capacity to be able to do whatever God's assigned you to do. Mm-hmm. And so stop limiting yourself. Stop allowing your own limiting beliefs to hold you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and just allow God to lead you. Yeah. Find out who he's created you to be. If you don't know your strengths, do a strengths assess- assessment. <laughs> right. Find out who God has created you to be. Find out what your gifts are. Mm-hmm. And then leverage those gifts. Use those gifts to be able to move into the spaces and the places where God wants you. So that's what I would say. Tell the listeners, how do they get in touch with you? Like if they want, you know, do you offer coaching sessions you as the Courageous Voice Coach? I'll reiterate the event that's happening this weekend, as well as anything else that you offer. We want everyone to be able to contact you if they can. The best way to schedule a time with me is through my website, drmichellelifecoach.com. Uh, they could call my business line, 859-757-4931. I am on Clubhouse. I'm I'm there um, hosting a room on Friday mornings at 7.30 a.m. So this Friday morning, I will be there hosting a room and talking about reframing the comfort zone. This Saturday, if you find me on Facebook, um, I have my business page on Facebook at Dr. Michelle Life Coach on Facebook. And I have an event there, a masterclass called Layered Leadership. Five Tips to Leading in Life. And mm. that is this Saturday from 10 to 11, 15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a free masterclass. And you can find Dr. Michelle's book, Rambling in the Silence, on Amazon. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about me, check out my website at www.joycelynlewis.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you won't miss out on upcoming episodes. Be ignited.